And now let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, the moment has come. I just heard the song, You Can Use Anything. So Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me, dear Lord, this day. I ask you to use my lips. I ask you to open the ears and the minds of the listeners of this word today. That when all is said and done, may your name be glorified. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Dear friends, it is my joy to meet you this beautiful Sabbath morning in Texas. I come to you from the beautiful studios of our beloved Pastor Pastor Pio. I know many of you are expecting us to broadcast from the new Mount Zion Media Center. But I want to assure you it is coming soon. I'm sure by next week we'll be on air. Expect great things. I'm very, very humbled to be hosted by our pastor and our first lady. I want to believe that we will all be blessed this day. And uh, the, another exciting thing, I know after this, we are going to have a, an after, after party. I know what the first lady can do. Uh, she makes the best soup. So after this, after enjoying the spiritual food, I know we are going to uh, have a good time here. Uh, for the other friends and elders, you will miss out on this today. I take this opportunity to welcome each and every one of you who has taken their precious time to come and worship with us this day. We don't take it lightly. We know you have a choice of a place to worship, but you've decided to spend this very important moment with Mount Zion family. I know there are a lot of people tuning in, uh, from all over, my friends, my family, welcome. Uh, I believe even my mother probably could be joining in. Uh, Lucy, just make sure that uh, she's well muted. You know, African mothers, I uh, don't want that instant feedback uh, right now. I just want to make sure we I deliver the message today. Uh, this morning... I know I have some friends, some co-workers, some even out of uh, state, my brother David, some from the UK. I welcome you all as we enjoy, as we fellowship in the word of the Lord. Uh, I want to also thank my dear Pastor, Pastor Pio, for your leadership. I want to thank my fellow elders, our first elder, Dr. Seringi, Dr. Gekombe, and my Mount Zion family, uh, life is what it is because of you. I thank each one of you for all you do uh, for the work of God. This morning, I just want to bring all of us to, up to speed as to what we've been covering ever since this series started. Uh, the series is the Great Controversy Series. The Great Controversy Series. 
So for those who are joining in for the first time, I just want to bring you up to speed. If you want to take notes, please do so. This is very important, and I want to be very particular that you take note of the dates because we have this information. These messages are shared online. We'll have a YouTube channel. You can refer, you can follow through this very, very important series as Christians. On June the 13th, 2020, our international pastor, Pastor Opio, kicked off this series with a powerful message about the Bible, the Word of God, the truth, the Bible as the inspired Word of God. You can take a look at that. It was done on June the 13th. Then came June the 20th. My, my friend, Dr. Gekombe, talked about the origin of sin. He talked about how sin originates in heaven because of pride. Sin then comes to earth. God's character is questioned by certain. Then man doubts God. And then follows the consequences of sin. On the 27th of June, 2020, uh, a very hardworking first elder, Dr. Siringi, talked to us about creation. He simply reminded us of how everything was good in the beginning. It was very good. And then he tackled creation versus evolution. I hope somebody captured something there. Then the controversy continues. We then got into God's institutions attacked. And then we started to take a look on how each of the following institutions are attacked by false doctrines. Pastor came back on July 4th to deliver the message on the Sabbath, the controversy on the Sabbath. Then came July the 11th. You were so blessed to have uh, Dr. Kisis all the way from Baraton, Kenya. And his message was simply a question. Are you waiting? Are you waiting? In this subject, he tackled uh, the investigative judgment that ends before the second coming. He covered the events happening during the second coming and then the beginning of that a thousand years and what happens during their thousand years. Then on the 18th of July, we had a, a powerful, another powerful speaker from uh, the beautiful uh, state of Rwanda, uh, Pastor Kili Godfrey. Pastor Geoffrey, uh, was talking about the Jesus and the third coming after the thousand years. Oh, he referred to the, one of my favorite books, Revelation chapter 21, a book that no matter what I go through in this world, brings all the relief that I need. He talked about the new world recreated. He talked about how sin is separated from God and man. And now God is living with man again. The title of his sermon was simply Payday Sunday.
Then last Sabbath, Dr. Gekombe came back again, talking about marriage. He talked about marriage. We perhaps all know the institution of marriage at the beginning. God creates a marriage between men and women. And now we have all sorts of marriages. But in addition to these marriages, we find that there comes with all sorts of challenges, all sorts of controversies. This morning, from the beautiful state of Texas, I stopped by to share with you a little message, a little message from another institution that has been attacked under the great controversy. Stewardship, stewardship. At this point, I just wanna say a big thank you to my brother-in-law, Elder Shadrach Otieno from Homer Bay, and my younger brother, Dr. Job, for all your help. It's a beautiful to, to have spiritual people in your family. You can always get good references when you have to share something. When we talk of stewardship, I know a lot of people have different perceptions. This morning, before I proceed further, I want to ask my friend, Dr. Gekombe, to read the text that we will refer to this morning. The book of Psalm 50, from verse 10 to 23. Dr. Gekombe, kindly read these words to the audience. Psalm 50, verses 10 through 23. I am reading from the New International Version. The Bible says, For every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains, and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine, and all that is in it. Do I eat the flesh of bulls, or drink the blood of goats? Sacrifice, thank offerings to God, fulfill your vows to the Most High, and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Verse 16. But to the wicked person, God says, What right have you to recite my laws or take my covenant on your lips? You hate my instruction and cast my words behind you. When you see a thief, you join with him. You throw in your lot with adulterers. You use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. Verse 20. You sit and testify against your brother and slander your own mother's son. When you did these things, I kept silent. You thought I was exactly like you. But now I, but I now arraign you and set my accusations before you. Verse 22. Consider this, you who forget God, or I will tear you to pieces with no one to rescue you. Those who sacrifice thank offerings honor me, 
and to the blameless I will show my salvation. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Friends, the title of my sermon this morning again is Let God Rule Your Kingdom. I just want to plead with you that as you're watching, perhaps you even turn your video off, allow me to remind you that Corona has brought charge to our bedrooms, to our homes. Some of us know too well we walk long distances just to get to church. And here we are, church in bed, and we still want to not pay the fullest attention. Friends, I just have a few minutes to share these thoughts with you. So kindly let us connect and be blessed at the end of it all. The theme song number 88 are seeing the mighty power of God. And the verses my brother just read, I want you to think about the words and reconcile them with the message I have for you this morning. Let God rule your kingdom. Friends, stewardship is the Christian law of living that captures the whole spheres of Christianity. And when we realize that this world and all in it belongs to God, then we will, be, we will do everything to his glory. Stewardship, therefore, brings accountability. This comes by understanding the centrality of God and Christ in our lives as reflected and shared in the books John 5:39 the book of Luke 24 verse 27 and the book of John 13:3 and lastly the book of Colossians 1 verse 16 2 through 18 that is John 5:39 Luke 24:27 and John 13:3 and Colossians 16 sorry Colossians first chapter verse 16 to 18 this book shares the fact that the foundation to a successful stewardship is understanding that God owns everything God rules the kingdom of men allow me to share a story of my grandmother that my late grandmother that I loved so much. She was so special. In fact, uh, for those who don't know, my, last, uh, my youngest son, Will, is named after her. Her name was Will Kister. After preparing a nice evening meal and the families gathered, all my uncles and everybody, we enjoyed the meal. The moment my uncles started talking in English, he would always say, break, nothing. And he used to say it in such a funny way. She never went to school at all, but she was a champion of education. 
she always reminded my uncles and everybody sitting there that, you know, all this English and the degrees you have are all mine. The funny part is her story with my mom and my aunties. She always reminded them that, you know, these handsome men you have as your husbands, they're mine. They're not yours. Get to know that young lady. Friends, I know we, we all have our little kingdoms that we build in our, our minds or on this earth. But in your little kingdom, remember that God is the owner. Therefore, the key concept in stewardship is that God owns what is in your name. So it's about recognizing God's ownership, dear friends. Let us enjoy what we have, but we have, to, we have a responsibility in our enjoyment because we are going to be held accountable even when we enjoy what we think is ours. Now, I know when I mentioned that we are talking about stewardship, perhaps many, all our minds think of money. But I want to share this with you this morning. Yes, all monies belong to God. So when we give our tithes and offering, we are not trying to bribe God. The money is his. We can't use his money to buy his favors. Even the money already is his favor to us. We can't use his blessing to buy his blessings. Be reminded that we give because he has given us. So giving is not God's way of trying to impoverish us. You see, the sad thing today is there's some people that come to church because they have nothing. But when God gives them something, they run away from church. They think that God will grab the little they have from them. Since the privilege of what God has given us is ours to enjoy. The responsibility is that we have to give an account God is demanding that, give me an account because it is mine. Dear friends, as we tackle this subject, let us look at the story of King Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel. You see, Nebuchadnezzar knew that God rules in the kingdom of men, but he refuses to accept it. He knows that God is the owner of our lives. We know that God is the owner of our lives. We know that God is the owner of our bodies, our talents, our resources, but we refuse to accept. We have neglected the owner, sadly. We know that God is the owner of our lives, our bodies, our talents, and all our resources, but we have refused to accept we have neglected the honor. And God says that now that 
you know that I know that you refuse to accept it. I will deal with you until you acknowledge and recognize me. God is actually addressing neglect. When we refuse to honor God through what he has given us, then we will, we will have consequences. If you look at the book of Daniel 4, verse 25, we see the consequences upon Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar knew that his kingdom and all in it belongs to God, as reflected in Daniel 2, verse 37. But he refused to recognize God's ownership. He's contradicting what God said that he had given him, the kingdom. Dear friends, God gives us what is his. God has given us a kingdom, and we are only servants of his kingdom. Please remember this. God gives us what is his. God has given us a kingdom, and we are only servants of his kingdom. The moment we accept that all that we are and have belongs to God, then we become good stewards. I will repeat that. The moment we accept that all we have and we are belongs to God, then we become good stewards. There's a reason why God has given us what we have. Be it our bodies, our talent, our time, our resources, but it still belongs to God. What are you doing with God's kingdom? Have you given him the chance to rule in your kingdom, friends? Allow me to highlight to you that whatever we have, it is an opportunity. It is a test to recognize that God is the owner. These are very important pieces that I want somebody to take home with them. Whatever we have, it is an opportunity, a test to recognize that God is the owner. What are you doing with your body? Corrupted it. What are you doing with your talent? Is it to the glory of God? You know, talking of talent, my daughter Ezie has been taking this dance class at daycare. And I've been curious to know what exactly they, the kind of dance they do. So I called her on the side and asked her, Mama, what kind of dance do they teach you and what kind of songs? You know, you just want to make sure that uh, you don't want to see your daughter someday in some crazy videos. Uh, well, thank God she assured me that daddy just do Christian songs and dance to the Lord. Thank that day here for that. And the other day, <laughs> she invited me that, Dad, I want you to be the, the judge. We are having a dance concert. So you know how with the brothers, they're very tight. They have everything arranged. 
I didn't even know that they'd, she had made mommy to even order the costumes. So I'm ready this evening. I'm told to dress nicely. I'll be the judge. And we are ready. We have a full dance concert. Will and EJ are cheering their sister. The girl comes in full, nicely looking uniform, ready to give us the dance. While daddy there is holding tights, just so curious, the kind of dance coming up. Oh, thank Lord. It wasn't that bad. We have to be careful as these children grow. We want to make sure they engage their talents the right way and wisely. What are you doing with your talent? Is it to the glory of God? What are you doing with your money? We tend to think that once we give God the 10%, once we give God the tithe, then we are done with God. No, my friends. I want to remind you this Sabbath morning that even the 90% is still God's and we have to use it to his honor and glory. Even the 90% is still God's money and we have to use it to his honor and glory. The giving of the tithe is just an indication that you can use the remaining faithfully. Failure to give indicates that you are greedy. You are never satisfied with what the little God has given you. I believe I'm talking to somebody here this morning. The giving of the tithe is simply an indication that you can use the, the remaining faithfully. If you fail to give, it indicates that you are greedy and you are never satisfied with the little that God has given to you. In Daniel 7 verse 27, God will give sense dominion that will last forever before you are given a lasting kingdom. Now what are you doing with your little kingdom that you already have? We are being prepared for the lasting kingdom. We have to realize that Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, Babylon did not come to an end on its own. It was brought to an end by God since he owned it. We can refer to this in the book of Daniel 5, verse 26 to 28. Nebuchadnezzar built his own image in the book, same book, chapter 3. He was thinking that the kingdom will last forever, as we all do. But God is here today asking you, my dear sister and brother, what have you done with my time? What have you done with my money? What have you done with my body? What have you done with my talents? And you know, talking of time, I want to let you know as a steward, when you don't use your time wisely, sometimes we, we are late for functions. We are late for meetings with friends. It simply means you are disrespecting the other party. 
Please take note of that. It simply means you do not respect the function that you're going to. Be a good steward. Use your time wisely. Observe time. Oh, thank God. God decided to use the worst of, of these areas. I pray that may God change me today after this message. What have you done with my time? God is asking. What have you done with my money? What are you doing with my body? And what are you doing with my time? Friends, when we misuse what God has given us, he will deal with us. That's the sad part. This is very important to remember that if we misuse what God has given us, he will deal with us. We will give an account of every dent of our bodies. We shall be judged for every deed. Don't think your kingdom will last forever if you don't let God rule it. I urge you today, dear friends, that let us break our sins and be righteous. You see, in the book of Ecclesiastes 11 verse 9, God is not talking only to the young people, but to all of us. He says, rejoice, have fun, do whatever you want, but remember you will give an account and God will bring every act to judgment. When you know that all you have belongs to God, then you will know your identity is not yours, but God's. When God gives you life to enjoy, the best thing is to recognize that God is the owner. He doesn't want you to be miserable. Let us ask him for wisdom to manage what he, what he has given us. Let him rule in our kingdom, dear friends. God has given us life to enjoy. The best thing that we need to do is to recognize that God is the owner and he doesn't want you to be miserable. Let us ask him for wisdom to manage what he has given us. Let him rule our kingdom. Let us recognize that we are more important than what we have, dear friends. What we are, what we are is more important to him than what he has given us. What we are is more important to him than what he has given us. With or without the kingdom, we are still his. He still loves us, dear friends. I want to remind you today that do not confuse the giver and the gift. The gift is to be enjoyed, but the giver is to be worshipped. Let us appreciate the giver and not worship the gift. Don't confuse the giver and the gift. The gift is to be enjoyed, but the giver is to be worshipped, dear friends. Let us appreciate the giver and not worship the gift. Be reminded that we are not sustained by what we have, but by God who gives. Have you allowed God to rule in your kingdom today, my dear friends? 
who controls over your body? Who is in charge of how you spend your time? How do you use your talent? How do you spend your resources? What are, who has the final say in your life? Who has the final say in your life? I want to challenge all of us today to recognize that God's rulership in our lives is important because he's the giver. He is the all in all. He is the Alpha and Omega. God's rulership in our lives is important because he's the giver of this life. He's the all in all. He's the Alpha and Omega. As I wind up, dear friends, as I prepared through this, a very powerful song written by Mary Kaida. It says, Lord, I care not for riches. It is beautifully done by a group I dearly love, the Saints Ministers of Kenya. I believe today we are joined by one of their members, Brother Collins. We've been friends for a little while. Uh, thank you for being with us. As you let this little message ahead for you today sink, listen to the beautiful words of these songs, then I'll have Alan play it. The song says, Lord, I care not for riches, neither silver nor gold. I would make sure of heaven. I would enter the fold in the book of thy kingdom with its pages so fair. Tell me, Jesus, my savior, is my, my name written there? The chorus says like this, is my name written there? On the pages white and fair, in the book of thy kingdom, is my name written there? Lord, my sins, they are many, like the sands of the, sands of the sea. But thy blood, O oh my Savior, is sufficient for me. For thy promise is written in bright letters that glow. Though your sins may be as scarlet, I will make them like snow. The last verse says, Oh, that beautiful city with its mansions of light, with its glorified, glorified beings in pure garments of white, where no evil thing cometh to despoil what is fair. Where the angels are watching, yes, my name is written there. Yes, my name is written there on the pages white and fair, in the book of thy kingdom. Yes, my name is written there. Brother Alan, if you could play this powerful rendition 
as we let the word of God sink in. Ultimately, the question is, is my name written there? Is your name written there? Let us pray. Our loving Father, this afternoon, you proven that you can use the worst of the worst 
to deliver your message in case I delivered what you did not give me. Forgive me, dear Father. I pray that may somebody be changed. May somebody be a good steward beginning today. May somebody recognize you that you own everything. May somebody seek your kingdom. Bless your people as we part one from another. Lord, may we not part from your cares. Keep us safely. Thank you for the friends and family and everybody that took time to come and listen to your word. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.